HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Jenny for Heritage Radio Network on tour. We're broadcasting live from the Le Creuset podcast studio at Charleston Wine and Food. Today we're celebrating International Women's Day and our lineup is full of women and food and drink that inspire us. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash charleston2019 to see our full interview schedule. We also want to thank our sponsors, Le Creuset and the Julia Child Foundation for making Heritage Radio Network on tour at Charleston Wine and Food possible. Awesome. So I have a lineup of three amazing women. I'd love to you to introduce yourselves and tell us what you do. Natalie, you want to start? My name is Natalie Freon. I am managing partner of the Fat Radish in New York and Basic Kitchen here in Charleston. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> I'm Carolee Fallert, and I'm the founder of Taco Boy, Wiki Wiki Sandbar, the Park Cafe, and the Royal American and the Green Heart Project here in Charleston. And I'm Nikki Russ Fetterman. I'm the fourth generation co-owner of Russ and Daughters in New York. Amazing. So um, I think one of the common threads that all of you women have is you're expanding quickly. You're building an empire. And I want to talk a little bit about what that means as you're overseeing more and more locations, sometimes in different cities, um, being able to see what's going on, making sure your brand is intact, making sure that the mission is very strong with all your employees and people that you're bringing on um, what are some of the challenges that you're facing, things for other restaurateurs and operators to really start thinking about. Whoever wants to start. That's a, it's a very big question. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, with, I think, a, a lot of ways to answer and it, you know, just to break it down um, a bit, uh, we have just started to expand uh, last year in Charleston. We'll be opening a restaurant, a Fat Radish, in Savannah. So we've been down there quite quite a bit as well. One of the challenges I know that's you know that's hard for me. I'm I'm a working mother, and you know just being able to manage your time uh, appropriately so that you're able to provide enough presence to your staff is is one of the challenges that I have. Um, I think that you know in the second part of that question, one of the things that's so important when you expand in order to keep your brand intact. Um, is your actual physical presence because you know as as an owner and you know I think all the all the ladies here can share this um, you you really you're you're the one that identifies the culture and um, it's it's incredibly important that you're there and you show your care and that your managers see your leadership in order for them to represent you the right way um, so that you know I think the answer for me is 
the, the the actual presence and being there and figuring out how to manage that, which is which is quite a challenge. <laughs> well, and I think Natalie, you've hit it like right off like off the start. It's just thinking about presence and what we're capable of. I'm a working mom too, and the thought about expansion has been in my mind growing and and then contracting um, over the last 20 years as I've been building restaurants and I think the the usual model is to kind of spread out and choose locations all over and I was really inspired by um, the gentleman in uh, Michigan in Ann Arbor Michigan Annie you know Ari and um, and the guys over there at Zingerman's just choosing to grow deep and not leave their community. And it was after I had my son that I was like, I don't want to leave Charleston. I want to really grow deep roots here. And um, and that's been a big a, a big shift because I think it's a different model. And it's, yeah. it's not the model that we've had in our industry for, well, I guess the last 30 or 40 years. The model is have something that works and spread it far and wide. And, um, and, and cheers to your ability to do it in three different states that way <laughs> but really just deciding that um that that i, I wanted to, to re-examine all the the opportunities and the ways to expand um and how that impacted whether i could be around with my team whether they knew me yeah that was a big thing is like do they know me do, do they know how to say like i i can walk up to a table and be like well this table is about to break up i can tell that by seeing that what would carolee do right now or how what does she want us to embody in this moment instead of um, not knowing me enough to know. So you would not be a good contestant for Undercover Boss, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Possibly. In, in our case at Russ and Daughters, um, our growth, you know, we haven't grown for the sake of growing. It's been to grow, to make the decisions um, so that Russ and Daughters can continue to thrive and be around for another 105 years. And so, for example, Four, five years ago when we opened Russ and Daughters Cafe, that was just born out of a, a, just a natural demand of being in our original historic shop on the Lower East Side. And, you know, people would literally walk through the shop and go into our kitchen in the back because they just assumed that that's where the tables were. There was more. And, you know, people wanted to come and have Russ and Daughters at Russ and Daughters. And the best we could do was to send them outside to sit on the bench, you know. And sometimes it was 20 degrees and snowing. Um, so, you know, opening a restaurant grew out of that. And then opening our bakery where we make all of our bagels, ba- you know, babkas, bialis, all the traditional breads that we serve, that was born out of um, seeing the, the demise of, you know, a real New York bagel and these really traditional breads and recipes. Like, you know, we make a, a real schissel rye, not your kind of commercial deli rye. And, we realized, oh, if we want to, you know, keep uh, preserving these foods, we have to bring that all in-house. So that's where our bakery came from, you know, and, and, and on and on. Um, you know, uh, we just opened just a few days before I came here to Charleston for the festival. We opened um, Russell Dars at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, which is our biggest project yet. It's 18,000 square feet. We put our bakery on full view. We have an appetizing counter. And then we have 10,000 square feet of additional workspace. And that's also grown out of, you know, we can't continue to work out of these tiny tenement spaces. And um, we have been, we were turning away customers who wanted to place orders because we just physically didn't have walk-in refrigerator space, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I think sometimes we, people get 
sort of blinded by the idea that like you just need to grow and you need to expand and you need to blanket the market with as many you know of your businesses as you can and I think that can sometimes just lead to overextension and implosion yeah as opposed to just sort of seeing what the need is organically I'd like to say thank you to Nikki for expanding because I love Ross and Daughters. <laughs> yeah. I love um, but I also think, you know, she had a really good point that growth for the sake of growth's sake is never going to be successful. And you really have to understand the why, why you're growing, what is your contribution, um, why do you choose the places that you're growing. And, uh, Carolee, I love, I love the point of, of going deep in one, in one neighborhood. Um, unfortunately, in New York, that's a little challenging for, for sure. us. And one of the reasons why I, I like these markets now in Charleston and Savannah is because you actually can develop that community and grow deeper within that community and, and play a big part in that. And the contribution, which is for me kind of the why behind the growth, is, is really, really valuable. But I absolutely agree. Growth for growth's sake will never, ever work. Since it's International Women's Day, I also want to talk a little bit about women in leadership. And one of the big things I think people talk about or sometimes hint at is that women tend to take on a lot you know you're it's easy to bring on responsibility you want to take care of things and also being a good leader is sometimes delegating some of those away and making sure people feel empowered to do that whether it's men and women below you so um, if you all three could talk a little bit about your leadership style how you kind of grew into that I think people's leadership styles you learn and develop over time and hopefully with the new generation of women that you're seeing um, in your restaurants and industries, what you hope that they'll be learning and growing into in the future. Well, um, in my case, I think I had to grow as a leader with our, alongside our growth. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I grew up in Russ and Daughters because I'm, you know, my parents ran it and then my grandparents ran yeah. before that and my great grandfather. So, you know, when we just had one shop, I could lead by example. I could lead by showing how I, you know, sliced smoked salmon or how I took care of customers and what the feel of the place was. And, you know, um, whereas once you start, you know, once we opened our restaurant and we opened up town, obviously I can't physically be everywhere. Yeah. And also then I couldn't attend to the business needs if I was, you know, the person on the counter mm -hmm. um, and so just really becoming comfortable with um, sort of stepping literally stepping off the counter and putting the people in place and creating systems that other people could follow and so it's sort of like finding this balance between maintaining the the feel and the, the character of a hundred and five-year-old treasure but then building this, the organization behind it. So customers hopefully walk into restaurant orders and don't feel any of that. And they feel the same way, you know, the food tastes the same and the place looks the same that it did, you know, 50 years ago. But there's, there are, there's structure in the, on the back end to make it just run easier. Um, was there structure before you started no, building I mean, it? it was, you know, I'd say... In my, before my cousin Josh and I took over, it was literally a mom and pop because it was run by my mom and pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so we've spent a lot of time sort of building that. And um, so it's, it's it, I've had to kind of 
learn as we've as we've grown and and i feel certain it's interesting because a lot of my gms are happen to be women um and it's not by design but i do think that i'm sort of fulfilling an obligation because after all russ and daughters it's russ and daughters (laughs) and it's the first business in this country that has the name and daughters and my great-grandfather in 1935 made his three daughters his partners which was absolutely unheard of and so controversial at the time so in a way i feel like i'm continuing that momentum to put women in leadership positions what an amazing legacy to to have your hands on and your dna in you know and i i think the dna to me is something that i that i come back to a lot as a creator and and visionary or the person behind the idea of a concept it's it's understanding that your DNA is in that, mm-hmm. right? And then how do you make sure that every everyone else that you hire or you partner with, whatever, is a part of that? And and so I would say that the what I've realized over the last twenty years of opening businesses is that um, I can't just hire other people. I can't just have employees to understand what it is that we're creating together and to implement that. But the best use of my time now is identifying other partners or operating partners who have my same values, the values that we share together. And by putting them in place of the day-to-day operations that I can uh, connect with either daily or weekly or whatever is necessary, um, that they can help be that extension. And so it's not quite, the word isn't delegate, the word isn't, it's just we share a business together, mm-hmm. we share these values, we share the same things. And um, and that's changed, it's shifted to me. And it also means that by creating a partnership and, and looking at businesses as an opportunity to grow the big, you know, bigger slices of the pie for other people other than just myself, it, it means that I'm creating family. Um, my family's on the West Coast, so I now create family here. And, and uh, I was mentioning to somebody yesterday, I'm like, I have two in the, in the company that owns Taco Boy and Wiki, Wiki Sandbar, we're over 50% women-owned, and I have a female business partner there. But um, my other business businesses, I have other male partners. It's not uncommon for us to tell each other after meetings or, or you know, um, just after seeing each other, I love you. That's just the way we send it out, and it's because we we work means so much more to us that we have that bond as family now. And I don't have to worry so much about uh, th- there is organization in place and the baseline is there. Um, but at the end of the day, we're operating out of a common set of values. How do you see that in the partners when you first meet them, when you're you know, talking to them, kind of feeling each other out? Are there questions you ask that you're just kind of getting going with your gut? Um, I watch how they treat other people. And I think if we, um, integrity is probably paramount for me. And, and I, you know, you can ask around a little bit. <laughs> you, know, you can find <laughs> Do a out. Facebook search. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I've been very fortunate to have um, incredible business partners who, um, and it wasn't happenstance, you know, but we, we did fill each other out or they worked for me beforehand. So I knew, I knew, I knew where they were coming from. Um, and, it's just too precious of a situation to put together with too many people involved. Um, you're with family and you're with what people who I'm sure feel like family now too, you know, Natalie. And so it's, it's, it's too precious of a situation not to have a, a good sense for how that's going to go, you know? Um, the, the leadership journey for me, I'm, 
I'm a very pragmatic person and I, you know, I, I like things in their boxes and I like to go through the process of learning how to do something better and I, I do lots of background research and I'm, I'm pretty nerdy. <laughs> Anyways, um, the leadership journey for me has been an interesting one. When I started out managing and opening restaurants 20 years ago, um, I was not the kind of manager that I am today. Obviously, you learn a lot over the course of 20 years. But I think that I was very reactionary. I, I, was, I was reacting to the expectation of a woman manager. Mm -hmm. You know, that I had to be harder and that I had to be kind of meaner. And um, I think it was, you know, the way that I was managing at the time was, was not as caring as, as today. Um, that developed through confidence and through understanding the business better and, um, and, and after you know many many years, I started working with a life coach, which has been one of the most valuable experiences of my life. Um, and you know, it's not psychotherapy or anything like that. It's it's really understanding where you're lacking in leadership, what you admire about other leaders, and figuring out how to achieve that um, through practice, uh, through actual practice with people around you. And it's a lot of self-reflection. And I feel that in my leadership journey, it's been a primarily self-reflection, really, really self-reflection because the foundation of, of a great leader, in my opinion, is, you know, it stems from empathy. You know, it's, it stems from understanding other people, understanding humanity, understanding where other people are coming from um, in order to then manage people and grow them individually as people. Um, if you go into a situation, you know, you have 20 different managers and you're trying to train them all the same, you know, so it, it's just, you're never, you're never going to be successful in that. Um, and you have to, you have to individualize the process. And I think through individualizing that process is when these people do become your family, you do get to know them, um, while still being able to maintain boundaries that it is, you know, it is your work and, and that's something that's valuable to me. Um, although, you know, those lines get blurred quite frequently, I think, for all of us. <laughs> Um, you know, but, but the empathy has been valuable and, um, it's, it's taught me a lot and it's very easy now for me to identify sometimes when I'm not, when I'm not accounting for someone else's feelings. Um, it's, it, it allows me to be much more successful in, in leading, in leading my management team in the right direction, I think. You and know what I love about that, Natalie, if I can just jump in real quick yeah. is I think when you're growing and you're expanding and you're building a business, working on your business or your management style, just working on things outside of what's inside your business takes extreme discipline. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to meet with a life coach or finding an organizational coach or a group that you work with or a consultant of sorts, it's like, being in the forest is just where you live when you're yeah. building a restaurant. And, 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 and if I can offer like one tiny modicum of advice to people who are in this idea of expansion, or it is to be disciplined about the time that you work on your business instead of working in your business. That's and an excellent point. Oh, yeah. It, it is, but it is like literally sacred time. You know, it's easy to give away it, it, because there are so many demands. And especially as a woman regardless of what your situation is domestically it's like we tend to load ourselves up with yeah. serving our community serving our business serving our friends doing what we do but that sacred space for working on your business is in, is you know i recently had to take a step back and do some self-reflection because i wouldn't even delegate to one of my employees to like order something for me i was like no she's somehow i don't know she might not do it right which is absurd and also like lack of confidence in someone who is wonderful and 
really just like a micromanager like obsession on my part and it, it is hard to be able to pull back and actually think strategically. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned was balance. So um, two of you said you're working mothers. You also I work with two. your family. Yeah. Oh, three working mothers kids. and you work yeah. with your family, Nikki. So if we can talk a little about how do you maintain boundaries? Um, it's very complicated, especially in the restaurant industry, restaurant hospitality in general, since you're spending a lot of time with each other. You're also seeing the most vulnerable parts of each other, making sure there's boundaries and making sure that there's mutual respect, even after you might have seen like little dark corners of someone's life. For me, I, I own and run Russ and Daughters with my cousin Josh, and it's great that he's my cousin. He's not my husband. He's not my brother. <laughs> he's not my best friend, although we like each other very much. Um, and I think that's great because at the end of the day, like we go home to separate places. Um, and I grew up watching my parents work together, so I knew what that was like. Um, and I, you know. Conversations around the dinner table inevitably would end up always back at you know what happened at work that day. Um, so if you do work with a partner, I think you know that first of all is in our industry is so important because if you're you know if you want to be in it for the long game, you you can't burn out, and so it's really important to have someone that you can share that load with and know that like if you're not there that somebody else is going to take the whole burden on their shoulders and vice versa. And for me, knowing that, that I can, that I have, you know, a real partner enables me to realize like, okay, I can, you know, I can do, I have no other plan B, like this is what I'm doing with my life and I can see doing it. Whereas I think a lot of people just get so, you know, immersed and overwhelmed with, with the, as you said, the, just the constant needs and, and issues that come up that, that it's easy to burn out and burn out fast. So um, that for me is key to balance, but I can't really offer any great advice about, you know, making time to go to the gym or <laughs> I, I have not figured out how to do that. Well, I between think, I don't think that's if I can help like, take up on that. Like I spent the last the better part of 20 years trying to figure that out. And it wasn't until I became a single mom and entrepreneur that I realized like the old Hillary Clinton, it takes a freaking village, you know, and and um, and to decide that I was going to delegate in a way or just find the very best people who could be a part of our team, both from a standpoint of helping me uh, run the, the kind of business management, personal business management. I used to love to pick every single light fixture that we had in our restaurants. <laughs> yeah. That's not possible anymore. And this wonderful woman who helps me keep my world afloat, Lauren Jones, can do everything from, you know, complicated spreadsheets to find like the best salvage light fixture you can find for what we're doing and so doing that to to uh, finding somebody who is the very best person I could find for our family to help take care of our son um, and make sure that I I knew that actually in some ways her ability and and passion for child rearing was stronger than mine and so bringing her in the village was like okay this is okay this is okay to bring people who are amazing at what they do to the village to make this happen yeah. and and sharing the load was a very hard decision but a necessary decision and just like with partners it's i, I feel like all these people who help us do what we do from the restaurants all comes back to this little village and team around us and um, and there are days when I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I get home at five, the phone gets put down. I don't look at my phone while I'm with my son. And then at seven o'clock, I might have to leave, but I've, and he's going to go to sleep and there might be somebody there helping him go to sleep. 
but at the same time, like I, I try to set strong boundaries around when I can be present and, and, and when it has to be about being with the business, you know? And I, you know, to, to continue on that note, um, I'm sure you guys get asked this all the time. I certainly get asked all the time about balance and how do you achieve it. I don't think any of us are probably particularly successful at it mm-hmm. because it, you know, there's a reason it's a question that's asked all the time. It is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, and the boundaries are very important, but the boundaries are a conscious decision. You know, um, just like working on yourself outside of outside of your business, you know, not necessarily wellness. I'm certainly not making time to go to the gym, but, you know, um, working on, on how you want to grow your business and, and what kind of leader you want to be. It's the same thing you need to do with your boundaries with your family and just with, you know, your life outside of work. Um, you have to decide that this is this is what I'm going to do. I need to be home at five o'clock and this is my hour to spend with my kid and this is this is what's going to happen every single day. And yes, okay, sometimes you won't be able to achieve that, but it's very important to make that decision and actually kind of say it to yourself in order yeah. to manifest it. Um, you know, and maybe say it out loud. Say it out loud. <laughs> say it out loud like 12 times a day. Or say it to others <laughs> so they can help keep you accountable. Like yeah. just saying it to others I think is a big part of it. It's yeah. very, very true. And... Um, I, part of the reason why I went out on my own, um, was because I wanted to be able to dictate my own balance. I didn't want somebody to dictate it for me anymore with my daughter. Um, knowing the grueling schedule that we all have with work, sometimes we have to be very creative with that time that we spend. Like, you know, is it at five o'clock when I pick her up from music class and then we do homework together and then I go back to work? Um, and, and it does take quite a bit of creativity but you know luckily us being uh you know entrepreneurs and on our own we're able to to dictate that um and I, I I still think it's incredibly challenging I'm however incredibly lucky to have chosen a really awesome husband so shout out to you Steve Freya um he he is an incredibly supportive partner and has has done everything in his power to to support um you know, to support my daughter and me in order, you know, in order to help my, my growth and me follow my dream. Um, and I most certainly would not have been able to do this without him. So I, I, I thank him and I also thank the balanced struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for being here today. Um, if you can do one more round of how listeners can find you online and in person, uh, that'd be great. And then we're going to close this out. Nikki, you can um, so, um, yeah, you can follow us at, uh, at Russ and Daughters. Um, I'm at Nikita Fed. Um, and just uh, check out our Russ and Daughters Instagram. Come visit us at our new space in Brooklyn. They're so good. For all the New York listeners um, at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And um, see, you, see you there. Um, and I'm Carolee Fowler. You can find me at, at Carolee Fowler on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, or come see me at Taco Boy, Wiggy Wiggy Sandbar, Park Cafe, The Royal American, or The Green Heart Project. Um, I can be found at The Fat Radish. Uh, thefatradish.com as well. Um, at Basic Kitchen for our restaurant here in Charleston that I work with. Um, and pretty soon, Fat Radish in Savannah on June 1. Come Ooh. on down. <laughs> Awesome. Well, um, thank you to Lake Say and the Julia Child Foundation for making Heritage Radio Network on tour at Charleston Wine and Food possible. Again, I'm Jenny for Heritage Radio Network. HRN is a member-supported nonprofit based in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Listen to over 10,000 episodes of Food Radio Podcasts and become a member at heritageradionetwork.org. Happy International Thanks 
for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.